Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's uh, Justin Woolen and uh, our regular co-host. Hello, Justin. Hello, Mark. How are you? <laughs> right, how are you? We're all gathered around a single microphone. Know, it's, it's an image that the, that the listeners weird. won't see. I know, I know. <laughs> they, might have it. they might have visions that they might want to get out of their yeah. head now, but there yeah. we go. So, uh, yeah, so uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, and if you want to contact the podcast, you can uh, email me at uh, justin.woolen at cisco.com. That's two O's and one L. Or you can tweet us at, at Justin Woolen uh, on the old Twitterizer. So, what were you to talk about today, Mark? Security. Oh, not again. Again. It's really important. It's in every blooming podcast we do. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a reason for that. I'm going to get somebody else. <laughs> you you just might be a co-host, up. but I, it's, it's, it's my recorder, so I can just take it. I'll take my, I'll take my blow and, wow. and take it somewhere else. Wow, you're going to take it somewhere else and not no, talk about security. I wouldn't do that, no. Because it's all, even if you're not here, I still talk about security now see, as well. See, you're a convert. All right then, so what are we talking about today, other than just security? Well, we're talking about some really cool stuff that Cisco do, um, and we have a guest Oh, yeah, we have a guest. We Hello. have a guest. Hi there. Hello. It's it. Go on, introduce. Oh, am I doing the introduction <laughs> yes. this time? Oh, okay, right, okay. So we have uh, Martin Lee, uh, who is from our Talos organisation within Cisco. What's Talos? I'm going to let Martin introduce himself and explain to yeah. our listeners what Talos is and so, what they do. So, Martin, what's your name? Where do you come from? <laughs> so, my name's Martin, but I think we've established this. <laughs> That's good. Um, so uh, I'm one of the technical leads of uh, security research within within Talos, and I also lead the the Talos outreach team within EMEA. So Talos is Cisco's security research and threat intelligence organisation. Um, so fundamentally, we're here to understand what attacks are out there, what's actually happening in the threat environment, and make sure that our customers have. Uh, protection against those threats so that they're not getting through and they're not causing harm within organizations. I, I thought Talos was a Greek god. Talos is a Greek god. Can you not tell from, from Martin's physique? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> bit of an Adonis. <laughs> we'll it was a soft and wobbly Greek god. Um, <laughs> but you it, told me he was a Greek it god. It is a Greek god. Talos, but, Talos he is. After, um, he had a specific job though. He did. He looked after Crete. The island of Crete. He used to fly around apparently and, and protect the island of Crete, which I think is a very fitting name. For a, uh, a threat research and uh, a threat research organisation. Oh, very good. So we did. So, so Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thank uh, you. Sorry for being uh, so unprofessional <laughs> the way that we are, but there we go. Um, but where, what's the what's the um, where did Talos come from? That's the bit. Is you I mean obviously they're a part of Cisco, but it's not something that you mean Cisco. We're, we're, we've talked about on previous podcasts how we. We acquire companies for talent and things like that. And it, you, you generally don't have a. Is, is this just one acquisition that we've made, or is this? A, or where does it come so from? So everyone within Talos is a is a full time member of Cisco. So we're an integral part of Cisco. Um, but we've come from the merger of uh, the three large threat intelligence groups that were that were within Cisco. So there was the SecApps group, which came from the Ironport um, acquisition. Mm -hmm. There was Cisco's TRAC team, threat, re uh, threat Research Analysis and Communications. And then with the Sourcefire acquisition, that brought in the Sourcefire VRT team. And these three quite large teams have been merged into one single unit with its own slightly uh, unique identity, uh, which, is, uh, which is Talos. So we're 250 uh, wow. researchers strong, 
have 250 full-time researchers out there looking at the uh, looking at the threats that are that are hitting our customers and hitting our telemetry. So what? So 250 people. That's that's quite a significant that's number. A that's 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 quite a lot of people so just looking at this. So we're not only those are only the analysts. We also oh, wow. have um, an additional about 600 software engineers. Uh, so the people who are actually wow. writing that writing the engine. That's a huge part of Cisco. Consider we're about 50 odd. Uh, 70,000 in total. Are we? Yeah. I thought we were about six. I thought we'd gone down a bit. Okay. Or up a bit. Up a bit. We're always a bit all over the place. Okay. Fair enough. It's a large huge. team of people. And, and, and considering Cisco in the UK, our, our sales organization is is four, four no, we're about 300 people. Yeah, in the UK? something like that. Yeah. Quite, that's, 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 a, that's an over a big investment. That's a, that's a big country's worth of people and we're all focused on security it's entirely our job we only do one thing and that's security entirely i think we'd all be it. focused on security if, if mark you see i way. told you it was important all right <laughs> so so with all of those people um it isn't just threat intelligence that the team focuses on is it you've got a quite a broad mission in terms of the things that you you focus on as an organization that's right there yeah. are five arms within um within talos mm. so we've got the the threat intelligence team that are that are collecting the intelligence out there uh, making sense of the telemetry that we have available to us turning that raw data into little nuggets of actionable intelligence so things that you can actually do something with mm -hmm. That's passed over to the detection research team. How, just go, go back to the threat intelligence. How do they gather that intelligence? So we have well, we have uh, a number of ways of doing it. We have an, we have uh, various intelligence sharing partnerships uh, with organisations, our customers that want to have a close relationship with us um, and want to tell us about things that they're seeing or things which are uh, important to them. And we will have a dialogue over that. So we're in, we're collecting intelligence that way. We participate in a number of um, intelligence sharing groups that are, that are sponsored uh, across industry sectors or by uh, by the public sector. And again, collect information through that way. But the vast majority of our intelligence is coming from our telemetry. Um, so we have an awful lot of data of things which are which are happening in the environment um, so on many cisco uh, equipment you can opt in and i will try it is opt in uh, to share information with us um, and that means when uh, there is a, a an attack we get a ping backwards um, just coming into us to say oh this happened it's anonymized so we can't trace back the, uh, the information even if we uh, wanted to, but we see that something has happened and what we, we often do is follow that ping if it's a URL or if it's an IP address or if it's something interesting, follow it back and try and collect what's at the end of it. So put together, we've got about just short of 20 billion blocked attacks per day wow. that we're collecting information on. Um, so we have this enormous visibility of what's happening in the threat environment and then our role is really to analyze that, understand what's happening, uh, piece it together so that we can reduce that down. It's an enormous number of attacks, but we can reduce this down into little nuggets uh, of information, little pieces of actionable intelligence that we can actually do something with. Because that's the interesting thing when you look at sort of big data and things like that, where you see analytical data coming in from everywhere, but you I mean... 
how much of that data is actually actionable and actually relevant. And I think that's the bit of where you're, you're trying to say there is, is we're getting, you mean all this information from all the customers who have opted in. So they're becoming sensors out there for, for yeah. our security Talos team gathering this in and then you're having to sift through it to actually find out what's the real thing that's going on here. Because if you respond to all those as individuals, we wouldn't ask just a huge amount of research, even though you're a quite a big team, but that's a huge amount of resource. So that, that's the sort of so, thing I'm getting So, you know, every, every single bit of telemetry is interesting. It's mm. interesting because there's something happening. Um, the, the vast majority of our analysis is done automatically. We've got automated systems. So, uh, you know, we can remove all the duplicates mm. and say, oh, look, you know, here was an enormous attack, but actually it was just one thing. And, and you're already, seeing it X amount of times. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we can boil boil that down. So really the trick is in the analysis to identify the stuff which is easy, yeah. which we're blocking already, um, and identify those things which are, are maybe new, um, those things which are unusual, and those things which actually require attention of someone to go out and look into it in some detail and say, okay, what actually is happening here? Um, often we find um, the bad guys on the uh, on the net tend to leave little fingerprints in what it is that they're doing. Although they're trying very very hard to hide their traces and try and be anonymous and try and be random, when you're collecting the sheer amount of information that we do, often you can pick up on those little patterns. Like uh, idiosyncrasies, are they? Yeah, just little, little telltale things that give away, and we can say, oh, actually, so although these set of attacks look different, in fact, there's stuff hmm. in that, common. That relates them that together relates in it. some so way, So we yeah. can cluster it together, and we can say, okay, well, this is one set of attacks that are all, that are all linked. Hmm. That information, that kind of thing, we then pass over to the detection research team, uh, they're the team, uh, among many things that they do, I have to say that or they'll hit me, um, they, they write the, uh, the detection logic that actually detects and blocks the attack and then that detection logic gets pushed out into the Cisco security portfolio to ensure that our, our, our customers are protected against the latest attacks that are out there. And is that, is that push out something that customers have to buy you know i mean it, you know do they have to tick a box when they're buying their product to, to say i need to buy that kind of intelligence or is that implicit within the it's product it's implicit right. within the cisco security suite it's so yeah. you you get us yeah. working <laughs> on your behalf for free with awesome. uh, with every with every, every cisco time you security buy it, product you heard that heard that free you get something for free from cisco yeah well, wow. you, you know, you've got 250 dedicated, really dedicated, mm. very, very clever, full-time threat researchers looking out for you, looking out for the threats that are out there. And you've got 600, 650 old software engineers also uh, developing those engines mm. that are within the products to detect threats. So we ourselves don't produce products. Mm. Um, we, we, we don't do product management, but we will create and maintain and update the uh, the reputation systems mm -hmm. that are looking at bad areas of the internet or maybe bad connections and also those detection systems that are actually blocking the attacks and equally the uh, the development of those systems are also within Talos so that's an integral part of our uh, of our group and our focus is a hundred percent on detection hmm. so uh, in some of the places that I that I've worked uh, work before some sometimes there's always that little bit of a 
uh, a temptation for the product manager to maybe to borrow some software engineers <laughs> to make a, an, a prettier front end or something or make it run a little bit quicker. Um, well, that's lovely, but within Talos, we're 100% detection. Yeah. Um, so there are other software engineers who are doing that, who are making mm. the products nicer, making them look better, making the front ends better, but our focus mm. entirely, let's detect and block the attacks. Yeah. Wow. So also within our team, we've got our own. So uh, how far did we get down the list of five of the five? We're on, arms? We're on number yeah, three. We're now. getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. So we went through detection research. We've done three M. Three, yeah. three, so three arms now. We also have our own vulnerability research and development team. So these are guys who are out there looking for zero day vulnerabilities mm. uh, in in various third party products. We're also part of the Linux Core Infrastructure Foundation, looking for vulnerabilities within Linux. Mm -hmm. There was some vulnerabilities for Linux yesterday, wasn't there? Uh, it was on the probably. About there was a uh, large mail organisation in the UK. Oh, okay, yeah. They, yeah. they were attacking the routers, didn't they? Oh, yeah, that wasn't a Linux vulnerability, though, was it? Was it? No, I, 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 read, that... I read the thing on the BBC. It said uh, other. Broadcasters different different Linux routers. But it did say yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was actually something attacking the Linux. Okay. Platform. If it was the one that hit Deutsche Telekom, that was well part of the TD, with some protocol that the service providers use, don't they, to do automated management. This of, is all in the public domain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was right, public 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 so I was going to say within within, within Talos, the the confidentiality <laughs> of our of our this clients is, is very very <laughs> important to us. Um, we, 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 we don't yeah. we don't comment on, um, yeah. on on the attacks that are no. hitting our our customers. No. Um, we, we've we've got our blog where we we publish our research and notably publish the uh, the zero day vulnerabilities that we identify. Um, we have. Do you have to speak to the because obviously you saying you're looking at vulnerabilities of other vendors' equipment. So the two things come to mind is who are those other vendors? As in, is it net, network security people or is it? I know PC manufacturers is it what, what are those vendors are you looking at and then do you what, what's the process then of so we, when you find that vulnerability we have a very strict responsible disclosure policy so we're we're looking for things a bit um, a bit everywhere uh, to be honest when we find a vulnerability we then get in touch with the vendor um, our role is to make the internet a safer place so we think one of the best ways that we can do that is we find the vulnerabilities before the bad guys. We will engage with the, with the vendor and say, hey, look, the, the, there's a problem here. Let's work together to get this fixed. Um, typically, when we uh, release the presence of a vulnerability, we ensure that the vendor has released a patch for it. So it's not an unpatched vendor. And that also that we've developed the protection for it. So having the vulnerability research and development team within Talos means that we've got that knowledge of how you go about exploiting vulnerabilities, exploiting systems in-house. And then they can also work with our detection research team to make sure that we're developing the best types of protection for these vulnerabilities that we find. Also, that knowledge can then also feed back into our engine development team as well, making sure that our engines are able to detect the exploitation of these vulnerabilities. So is it, is it fair to say then that every, when you're looking at those vulnerabilities out there, would that be anything that could connect to the internet? 
Um, typically, yeah, we, we, we look a bit over everywhere at the types of at the types of things where we think that there might be vulnerabilities or um, classes of vulnerabilities that might be common against things. So. Um, uh, often looking for vulnerabilities in um, open source libraries um, that are widely used across the internet or indeed libraries that are used in devices. I won't mention the name, but this device that I've got my, uh, my finger <laughs> on at the moment, if you had to uh, update your, uh, your systems um, sort of uh, earlier, that may well have been because of us, because we were finding, uh, finding these vulnerabilities. So but it's important that we find them and we get them fixed because every vulnerability that we can fix and we remove is one less that the bad guys can exploit. I find this bit fascinating because we, the, the internet is huge. The amount of things that connect to the internet is, is bigger again. How do you know where to look? To look for these vulnerabilities? Well, you start somewhere. You know, you, you, you want to find a bit of software that's, um, uh, that's widely used. There's no point just looking for the software that half a dozen people are, are, are using. So you want to look at the types of types of software that are out there, the types of things that the bad guys might be looking to exploit. Um, so we want to try and think, well, what are the vulnerabilities that, that may cause problems or what are the systems that may be exploited? And then just go out there and, uh, and, and, try, and, find try, and try and make sure that we find it try and make the world a better place. I like the way you always look at me like I should know this stuff. <laughs> well, it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I, I recall uh, a meeting that you you attended uh, with uh, our central government team about a month and a half ago, and you presented the, the similar story yeah. of, of what Talos uh, does and, and within Cisco. And, and it was interesting after the meeting, uh, the meeting was a lot of the sales guys within the organisation, and... Most of them really couldn't get their head around the work that you guys do, in particular the work that you do in the vulnerability research space, because there was this mindset, probably driven by a sales mentality, of so we're doing stuff for free. That doesn't it just didn't compute for them, let alone the the mechanism with which you would go to even find a vulnerability, but just the mere concept that will, and and for me that's just default. This is a part. This is part of being. Part of the greater good, part of the solution. Yeah. Than the so greater we, good. Yeah, the greater good. <laughs> so we also release a lot of open source software. Absolutely, we release yeah. a lot of open source uh, tools as well. Mm. Um, many people will have heard of Snort, mm -hmm. which is the leading um, IT, IDS, IPS system. This yep. is our system we release for free. So that is an IPS system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's free. But that's, again, free. I've <laughs> <laughs> done a podcast that says free so many times. But it's. So if, if I was gonna if I if I was a customer and going, right, I need some IPS IDS, mm. I could just get a server and download that code, run it on that box mm -hmm. and And many people do. Many. Um, for for us the advantages are manifold. Primarily, um, we're here to make the world a better place. And and we're honoured that Cisco pays us. I'm, to I'm do feeling this. warm and fuzzy. Are you feeling um, like singing a bit of come by R now? I, I, I'm not really. <laughs> not that song anyway. But you mean it is you mean it's 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 really weird. Being uh, in the podcast with you, Mark. No, it's not that one. Um, but it's really weird being in, hearing this sort of language from a IT vendor. So we also think that one of the best ways that we can protect our customers mm -hmm. is by protecting the internet in general. Yep. And if we can remove uh, compromised systems that could be launched, that could be used to launch attacks against our customers. If we're able to protect those systems through our open source uh, software, then 
we're protecting our paying customers. Also, our open source engagement that we, that we do, um, it gets us access to a very, very large and also very motivated community who are using our products, telling us about the types of environments that they're using it in, telling us about false positives that our detection logic might be, uh, might be causing, writing rules for us that are then shared with the, uh, with the community of detecting new types of things. So actually with the open source software, we can get into environments that, that you as sales guys might not actually get in. You know, there's many environments out there that, that actually don't have a lot of budget. Um, they may well have um, a bit of hardware somewhere, and if they can download and install Snort for free, mm -hmm. then they can start protecting their environments. If they want to contribute to the open source uh, uh, community, then that's all great. And part of that knowledge, again, we can tap into, we can feed into, and we can use that intelligence that we're getting from the open source community also to improve our product set. The interesting thing about open source that sticks to my mind is if it's out there, it's open source, then can't the bad people look at it as well and then work out what the vulnerabilities are? Uh, is that yeah, a fair question? Or that's, that? No, that's a very, very good question, but I think it's only by being quite open about the vulnerabilities that, mm. the, that are out there that people find that we actually fix them. Mm. Um, you know, if there's a vulnerability in software, there is the vulnerability in software. Um, sooner or later, somebody will find it. Um, and I think for any software or networked environment, what you'd really like is someone who's friendly with you to find it, to tell you about it, to work with you so that you can fix it, rather than someone finding it um, any way through malicious activity and then never telling you about it. So the great thing about um, open source systems and, and also through the vulnerability work that we, that we do it is about, well, let, let, let's share the vulnerabilities with the good guys. Let's get them fixed. Um, let's have many eyes looking at the security pro uh, the security problem. It's like neighbourhood watch, isn't it, for security? It is indeed. <laughs> it is go. indeed. Yeah. You know, uh, instead of, you know, if you want to make your neighbourhood secure, don't sit inside with your, with your curtains closed, yeah. you know, worried that you might have left a window open. You know, have your curtains open, keep an eye on the neighbours, keep an eye on the street, and you might actually make a difference in that way. Wow. Awesome. Have we got? Did we get through? All no. The that, see that they said so that's only four arms we've done. We haven't done the final arm. So which the, is the, which the, is the fifth arm is I think it's the most important one. It's the uh, the branch that I belong to, the outreach team. Mm. So we are um, security researchers in our own right. Um, our role is primarily to research the threat environment um, and to find the interesting things that are that are out there and, and get it out. You know, tell people about the types of things that are out there. Also work very much with the teams, uh, with the other teams within Talos, uh, helping bring their research and their their work to a, a wider audience. To you know things such as this, the podcasts, uh, with our blogs, uh, um, presenting to customers, so that people are aware of what it is that we do and the importance of our work within Cisco. Fantastic, the five arms. So I've got I've got a question. So so we talked and touched upon it a little bit earlier about um, threat intelligence and telemetry. Yeah. And I know whenever I see you or, or others from your organisation present, uh, I'm always just staggered by the numbers, the stats that, yeah. that sit behind some of that telemetry. Um, so I'm going to ask you to share some of those with the audience because I think they are really important 
in supporting some of the things that, that we do? Yeah, so if we only look at web blocks, so mm -hmm. if this is um, people who are attempting through their web browser to go to a malicious site which, mm -hmm. is, which has been blocked, mm -hmm. and also if we only consider emails that have actually got the malware attached mm -hmm. to it, mm -hmm. then we see just short of 20 billion blocks per day. See, I saw a stat, and I don't know whether it was... Are related to that, which was relating it back to how many searches Google do a day. It's more searches than Google does yeah. a day. Yeah. Um, in a world of about 7 billion people, it works out as three blocks per person per day wow. um, on, the, uh, on the planet. And yeah, this is, this is stuff that we, that we block already, that, yeah. we're, that we're just stopping. Um, the end user wouldn't necessarily know about mm -hmm. it. It would be invisible to it. Um, for me, that's how security should be. Yeah. We block it. We stop the bad guys getting so in. So in the sense of those blocks happening, would that be somebody just trying to get to a website they just go, oh, the website's not working or it's down? Or They may not even see it. So when you go and visit uh, a website, one of the best analogies that uh, one of my colleagues came up with, it's like inviting J-Lo round for tea. <laughs> You, you don't just get J-Lo, you get the makeup artist, you get the wardrobe the assistant, you get an entire entourage of hangers-on with that main invitee that you, that you invite into your home. <laughs> other A-list other, other celebrities are available, apart from J-Lo, apparently. I'm, I'm sure there are, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly us. the same when you go to a website. So you might be typing in a single URL, you go to a website, in fact, you also get the image server you get the um the clickbait you get the adverts you get the that javascript library that your designer absolutely needed to uh pull in from another third party server and many websites these days are actually made up of hundreds of connections between dozens of different servers and what people don't realize is that any one of those connections might actually have been compromised and used to serve up malware so when you are going to a website, you're not just getting that content that you want. You get a whole load of other stuff, which is building that web page. Any one of those can be compromised. In our web blocks, we're looking for those compromised connections. We're looking for people trying to serve up malware, and we just block it. So, so it, you might not even see it. You might just get the content of the website that you wanted to anyway, and what you don't know is in the background, we've actually stopped you getting hit so, by ransomware. So you so just from that point then, I'm gone to the website, the bit you could see all the content you're saying, but the bit of content that's served up from a something that could be uh, infected yeah. or be a piece of malware or whatever, you would block that. Yes. And I so I wouldn't see what that was gonna happen, I'd just get the web page. You okay. yeah, get yeah, all the good content. I get all the good content. You wouldn't know necessarily that anything is happening um, uh, in the in the background. Mm. And for me that's what security should be. It shouldn't be difficult, it should be something that just happens. Mm. Um, so one of the one of the ways that the bad guys have uh, have found of distributing their uh, malicious content is through advertising. Mm. Um, you know, they'll just put in a malicious advert into the advertising networks. If you go to any web page, you'll, you'll see the banner ads there somewhere. Very, very easy to put in a malicious um, advert. You wouldn't even necessarily know that it happened. And that would bounce you onto a compromised website Until that would you then serve you up malware. You don't even don't need even to, click to, to click to it. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah you go to the website, that your entirely legitimate website, that through no fault of their own has actually got a malicious advert in it. 
Um, you go to the website, you don't need to click on anything, that will automatically forward your browser onto the compromised website server malware. <laughs> if you can I, see the face of Justin right now, he's suddenly going to... I think he's going to go on the internet again. Yes, you don't even need to, you know, no. you don't need to worry about no. it. This is what we so worry about. So you're scaring me too much now. No, you don't need to be scared about it. You okay. need to be aware that mm. it's a possibility. Yeah. You need to make sure that you've got the right protection in place, but it's our job to keep up with the latest attacks that are out there, okay. the types of ways that the bad guys are subverting the internet and subverting systems, and then we just we just write the detection Th there's for There's one thing it. that you can't protect against, though. What's that? People. Oh, people, aren't they terrible? <laughs> <laughs> clicking on things that they shouldn't be clicking on. I think it's, it's, it's our three-legged yeah, donkey, it is isn't the three it? People, people policy and process. Pe People policy and process. Mm. Said it twice as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we can do is we can keep the threats as far away from the end user as possible. Um, uh, it's kind of like a game of football. You know, relying on the uh, on the end user to do the right thing is like relying on your goalkeeper to stop the ball every time. You know, often they will. Um, with best training, best policies. You don't, you know, you don't support the team that I support. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, when you're this low in the table. <laughs> you hope that they're going yeah. to right. do the right thing. Often they do, but they can't be relied upon. What you really want to do is, like in football, keep the ball as far up the field, away from the goalkeeper as possible. Same with threats. Keep the threats, block them far away from the end, from the end user. Um, block them at your, at, your, at your perimeter so that they don't have the temptation to, uh, to click the link. The bad guys know that people are often the weak, uh, the weak link and they are very, very good at writing social engineering. So emails that come through that, that look very, very uh, similar to your daily email. Um, and yeah, bad guys, very good at putting that message together to tempt you to click the link. You've also got to think in many organisations there are people whose job it is to click the links of unexpected emails. Mm -hmm. If you're working in recruitment, someone sends you a CV or says, you know, click here to download my CV. What are you going to do? Oh. You say, oh, I wasn't expecting that email. I don't know this person. <laughs> I'm going to delete it. No, of course you're going to explain it. Your job. Same yeah. with, uh, with with sales. Someone yeah. you know sends through like, hey, you yeah. know, we, we we're really interested in uh, in buying your stuff. Um, please open this attachment yeah. with our with our requirements. Yeah. What are you yeah. going to do? I say, oh no, yeah. I don't want to say. Or today. register for this yeah. webinar, or like, all of that kind Absolutely. of stuff. Yeah. Everybody clicks on stuff every day. So of course, so we need to keep the bad stuff away from the end user. We need to empower people just to get on with their lives and with their jobs. Mm. At the same time. We need to recognise this as a possibility and put the right protection in place. Stop the threats. Um, also realise we're not going to stop every single one. So think about how we're going to detect those uh, those threats as soon as possible once they're inside your organisation. You know, the thing that it's, that's great to know, and that's a great, and I love the football analogy. Even I understood it. Um, <laughs> It's that thing, I think, just to call out from other security things that we've talked about, it is mm. that, you I mean, it is people. you still got to be very vigilant. You, you mean, as a person, you might not think, I've got, uh, I have not, no, I don't have any skills, or I don't know how to protect myself. And people start to look at, you I mean, I mean, there was on the news this week. Is it this week? It might have been, or even in the last week, where they talked about ransomware. And they, were, and they were individuals. These weren't 
big corporations that were being attacked because 97% of ransomware attacks are reported to the police are individuals, not corporations. Now, we all know in this room, I'm sure people listening to the podcast going, there are corporations out there being uh, attacked by things such as ransomware. So is that thing you're just calling out? You mean if it looks suspicious, if it doesn't look right, don't click on it. Um, yeah. You mean, and, and it's the common sense side of it as well, but having the ability to keep the the bad stuff away from from the end users as possible as, as, as possible it is, is is a great way of, mm. of, of saying what, what a part of what Talos does. Yeah, yeah. but at, at the same time, you have to be aware that we're not going to keep every threat away from the end user. So we have to be aware of the possibility that malware is going to get on the on, mm. on the end point and think about how we're going to detect that. That malware to operate also has to phone home. It has to. Connect, its, uh, connect to its command and control server so we can block that in the network as well. So even if something has got into your environment, even if it's got onto the endpoint, we can still disable that piece of malware. So we, we do study an awful lot of malware which is out there. We're collecting about 1.5 million unique pieces of malware per day. So we're writing detection both for those so that we can detect it in solutions such as AMP, but also to make sure that we know what are the command control servers, what does that traffic look like, where does it connect to, so again that we can write that detection logic, get it out there into the product suite and, and make sure the customers are protected. And as you talk about the command and control and that callback, it, it kind of leads me to think about a big piece of work that Talos were involved in about eight to ten months or so ago where you were involved very heavily in a particular exploit kit um, research and, and, and actual takedown as well, I think. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, again, going back to that message, we want to make the internet a safer place. Mm. Uh, we also have an enormous amount of telemetry. So mm. sometimes in looking through that, we can see areas where there's clearly something going wrong. Mm. Um, we identified one particular gang through their fingerprint. Mm -hmm. They thought they were being very, very clever um, in, uh, in trying to hide their, uh, their activities. In fact, they were doing very, very well. But when you've got 20 billion threats per day, when mm. you're Cisco, you can see those similarities. Mm. Um, we could also identify that although they were changing where their attacks were coming from quite frequently, they were preferentially going to um, a couple of service providers, of internet service providers. So... In Cisco, we've got very, very good relationships with service providers. Phone them up and say, you know, we've 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 seen this happening on your on your network. Um, you know, should we work together to 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 help? Um, and indeed, this service provider, they were aware that they were being abused by by bad guys, but they didn't have the resources in house to actually be able to sort it out. So we were able to lend them uh, effectively some of our researchers. Through our telemetry, we could see the second that the bad guys were on their networks, we could say, hey, they're on this server located here. Go and pull the plug now, mm -hmm. uh, which they did. Um, and through working with them, uh, they were uh, working with the service provider. They were happy to give us um, access to the information that was left on their servers. Right. So... Through that, we were able to work uh, with the service provider and find the logs of the bad guys. Mm. They actually, they developed an extremely good network 
for supporting their act, their their activities. They're very very professional. They've done log management properly, which if anyone has worked in IT knows, this is very very difficult yep. to do. They've managed. They're doing it very very well. Um, with working through through the logs, one we were able to identify the the, the scope of their network and make sure that we're just blocking it and, yeah. and, and take it off the uh, the network. Um, through looking at the blogs, we're actually able to measure how effective they were. Mm. So uh, they were distributing ransomware um, for the most part of their of their activities. Sixty four ransoms being paid per day on average per wow. server. Three hundred dollars on average per ransom. Mm -hmm. We identified one hundred and forty seven servers. So if you multiply all that up together, mm. it comes to about $34 million per year that they were making through their ransom ransomware activities alone. I mean, mm. that's a great turnover for that organization. No wonder they could do locking properly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's it. I mean, this is, you know, this is, mm. a, this is really the, the, the scary thing, and I think it's one of the key things to, to think about. In total, we know that there were servers that we weren't seeing. We also know that there were other activities other than ransomware. Mm. We estimate they were probably making about sixty million dollars per year yes. in in turnover. That can be reinvested. Mm -hmm. So this is the size of the organisation that we're up against. Mm. It's not about teenagers in hoodies in their bedroom. Mm. They can be a nuisance, but they're not the major problem. No. Um, so it's organised. It's organised, well funded, organised crime. Sixty million dollars a year buys you. Um, very, very good network engineers mm. to do your, your log management properly. Also can be reinvested in making better malware more, uh, systems that are more resistant to takedown and just yeah, making the, a The one thing you've problem. called out there and the one word that you used was criminal. Mm. So how do we or do we then share information with the law enforcement agencies? So part of our intelligent sharing activities that I talked about earlier, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to work with law enforcement. We're not law enforcement ourselves. We don't have oh, the yeah, skills. I'm aware of that, we yeah. don't have the remit to, to do attribution at all. Mm. Our role is to protect our customers, to detect and block attacks. Um, but as part of our intelligent sharing activities, this is a two-way process. We're very, very happy to work with uh, law enforcement bodies and to share some of the uh, some of the information that we have available. So, aside from that example you've given, which is which I think is always fascinating to hear, especially some of the numbers, because I think I think we often talk about numbers and numbers are banded around in ransomware very regularly, but mm. it, it's it's it always bases it in something real when you talk about that kind of an example. What are the trends are you seeing from a research perspective uh, at the moment in terms of the kinds of things you're seeing and maybe the evolution of some of the malware, the ransomware that you're seeing as well? Well, I think from, from my point of view, um, ransomware is, is going to be the flavor for a, for a while. It's a relatively new model mm. um, that the bad guys have adopted for, for making money from, um, from malware. Um, fundamentally, it, it's kidnap. You know, it's updating kidnap for the 21st century. Yeah. Instead of trying to steal data via malware and sell that to to a third party, maybe to conduct fraud, mm. um, yeah, it's just kidnap your data 
Um, I think it's a very good way of making money from data that otherwise you might not be able to sell. Yeah. Um, I had a, a, a harrowing email from a, a colleague of, uh, actually a contact of mine um, a few weeks ago, his elderly mother, mm. uh, we recently widowed. All the photos of her husband have been hit with ransomware yeah. and have been encrypted. And you think, you know, this isn't, this isn't mm. data that could be sold in a third mar in a third to a third party to conduct fraud, but to an individual, mm. this is this is something that has enormous mm. value to them. Yeah. And I, I, I think we can understand that motivation. Maybe, yeah, I, mm. I will pay for mm. this because this is this is important mm. to me. Um, off the back of that, we we do see some of the criminal gangs. Um, almost trading on the brand of ransomware and seeing mm -hmm. fake ransomware. Um, if, if you think about the ransomware model... What's, what is fake ransomware? Well, the bad guys, <laughs> what they want to do is they want to get you to pay. Mm -hmm. I, I would abbreviate that, the ransomware. <laughs> there you go, you've heard it here first. <laughs> so they install the malware on your, on your endpoint, encrypt your files, demand payment. Their goal is that you pay. They have no obligation, actually... To decrypt your files, so they, so then they just they, they, so the a double whammy. They'll encrypt your stuff, yeah. and then they'll get money from you, and then go, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, so you know, if if they don't fulfil on their end of the bargain, who are you going to complain to? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're going to write <laughs> trading standards. Stern, yeah, exactly, you're going to write should, them a sternly worded letter. We should start that website, the complaint website, when you, you, you but, they but wasn't the ransomware that hasn't decrypted you know, me. However, writing cryptographic libraries is actually difficult. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's tough. Um, and in some, some circumstances, we're, we're able to identify vulnerabilities within the cryptography mm -hmm. ourselves. And we write decryptors mm -hmm. so that people can decrypt uh, ransomware-affected computers for, for free themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so one how of the things... You know that? How, would you, how would you know that? So if I'm, you mean, if I get ransomwareized... Um, you heard it for your first. <laughs> Ransomwareized. Ransomwareized. Um, and I go, okay, you know what, I'm, I don't want to pay the money. I want to go and try and see if I can solve this myself. Yeah. Where do I go? How do I do it? Search, search for the name of your of the ransomware in your um, in your favorite browser in your favorite search engine. Uh, there's a number of people that are out there that are writing uh, decryptors um, for the various flavors of ransomware. There's many variants out there. Um, some uh, uh, have vulnerabilities with them, like any software. Um, others, we've yet to find the vulnerabilities, and it, it's a bit of an arms race between researchers being able to crack the ransomware and the bad guys updating it. So, yeah, search for the decryptors. And so, so I search for that decryptor, and it and, and is that something free, or do I have to pay for that download? Do you? Is that something that we so provide? The, yeah, um, we've written decryptors for some of the ransomware. Again, we release it open source. I think most people that are that are writing ransomware decryptors are doing it uh, for the for the good of the environment. So the end. So the thing I would call out then to the listeners is, you mean if you if you do suffer from ransomware, just don't go away and pay it straight away. Go away and and, and at least do a Definitely. bit of Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, do the research. Definitely. Do the better research first. Well, do you know what? The best thing about ransomware, we know entirely how to fix it. You back up. Mm. You know? Um, do you back up? Do you back up your laptop? Have you backed I, up I your might, photos? I might have done. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do. Yes, so, you I know, do. I'm if, sad because I literally, in my desk at home, I have my uh, external hard drive and I just plug it in and it there and I, and I just make sure every yeah. day it's backed up. Yeah. And it's, you know, the so, problem is, is when my wife doesn't do it to her laptop. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it's all her fault. Mm. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can see what I like. Mm. So this is, you know, this is good old-fashioned, good IT pro, um, uh, process. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've known about the importance of doing backups for, for decades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it surprised me that it's still, this is still a problem. The and thing it, is, though, it does infect the backups, though. If, you, if you've if you got a network backup, it will go off. You can, I it think can do, depending on the variant. We didn't talk about that when we did the podcast yeah. on ransomware. Yeah, but the, 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 fake, the fake ransomware is is guys that just haven't bothered to write uh, an encryption routine. They delete the files. So it just runs through, deletes it, and then say, "Yeah, we've uh, yeah we've encrypted it. You'll get it back if you pay the ransom." And they just deleted it. Yeah. Oh, so that's yeah. it. So they just they, I'm going to say the word now. Crap, ransomware is because they just don't. I haven't got a decent yeah. encryption. I'm not going to work hard. I'm just going to delete it all. Yeah. Um, there was one. Wasn't the one I read on one of the blogs where they didn't do anything to the files at all. They didn't. Oh, it was almost just a null function, and yeah. they were just basically saying they flashed up a pop up and taking advantage of the fact that there is a lot of ransomware out there. I'm playing effect- effectively a pure scam. Yeah, it, it, it's sort Why of not? the parasites the on, the, on the criminal, yeah, yeah, on the criminal environment. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. it's absolutely fascinating. So they, yeah. Even the proper ones who run proper organisations and have proper logging and all that sort of stuff, they're better than the, 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 yeah. the, the, the lazy, can't be arsed, running on the back of the, the whole ransomware phenomenon that's yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's a you know it's a dynamic threat environment. There are many many things out there, and, we, and you know one of the things that we try and do is think about this from the bad guy's point of view. If you don't deliver on the ransomware enough, so that people actually think mm. that they might get decrypted, mm. then the whole thing falls down. Yeah, um, it'll it'll just collapse as a, a as a model. So mm. it, it's interesting to see this dynamic de- mm. uh, develop. It, it's this has been really interesting, and uh, the one thing in my head though before we, we we were prepping and we do prep listeners apparently um, around this was what's the value to the to the to our customers and to our listeners and it's it's very very clear to me that Cisco and the Talos team are investing huge amounts of resource and time and effort and energy into keeping the internet safe. So you might not even be a Cisco customer. But you are benefiting from this environment, or from this, the, from this, from this Talos team, and it's 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 really interesting that that, that this is just something. And if you just happen to be a, a a user of Cisco security equipment, you can opt in, and you are starting to help the the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. There's a film about. That. There is a film <laughs> about a that. Film yeah. that. <laughs> um, but that that's the thing I sort of. So, but do other vendors do this? You mean I just think we can't be unique in this one? Are we? Are we the only nice guys out there? Well, the big strength of uh, of Talos is, is is really is twofold. One, two hundred and fifty threat researchers alone, which actually Talos is bigger than a lot of uh, many of our competitors. Should we say their entire organisations, including their sales and marketing and accounts? Um, we often we've got more people than them solely devoted to research. The amount of telemetry that we have being within Cisco is very, very significant. We've got more telemetry and better telemetry than other people. Because we've got the best telemetry, it tends to attract the best researchers as well. So we, 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 we have this double thing, more researchers, more telemetry, better telemetry, better researchers, which then means that we can do this better threat intelligence and again, get that out there um, to, to protect our customers. What I will say, go and look at our blog. Look at our blog, blog.talosintel.com. This is where we publicize the work that we do when we release uh, much of our open source uh, uh, research. 
go and compare that with many of our competitors and I think I think you'll see the difference. I think the answer to your question is I don't think other vendors do it. Well no I think they do. I think I think they they you know most of the security community that I see have a capability to a greater or lesser extent. And I think that's what you're kind of saying is that we we have a very large capability because of our telemetry. Um, and we can obviously attract the best talent. Absolutely, so, yeah. Okay, so yeah. there are other vendors out there doing this sort of thing to some to hmm. some extent. Not, to some extent. Not to the, to the extent that we're that no, we're they just able don't to do. Have the and and okay. we take the the uh, the example of the exploit kit. Mm. You know, reaching out to the service providers. Yeah. I mean, we say, hey, look, do you want do you want some help here? Mm. Um, I, you know, there's not many organizations out there that one have the visibility to do that mm. have the capability and also have the relationships yeah. you know everyone knows cisco um so we said hey we've got cisco on the phone looking to help us out mm. yeah people people are going to say yes and uh, and allow us to help them and allow us to make the world a better place make the internet safer i think it's a great place to to to, to wrap up isn't it yeah yeah it, i'm feeling warm and fuzzy now. <laughs> Um, so, Martin, thank you very much for joining us today. Well, I really you. appreciate it. It's been a really enlightening podcast for me. And, you mean, it, so it's something that, you mean, if any customers are buying our security equipment, you're getting Talos for free. Absolutely. We are the backbone that, mm. uh, that supports Cisco's security product offering. We're the guys who are building the, the detection and releasing the detection logic for that. You got any more questions, Mark? No, security is awesome. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I won't argue the point. <laughs> all right, thank you very much, everybody, for listening today. Thank you, Martin, for joining us. Thank Thanks you. again. Always Mark. a pleasure. Always, Always a, pleasure. a pleasure, never a chore. No. Um, if you want to ask us any questions, if you've got any questions for Martin, you can ping us over to, to me, uh, justin.wollen at cisco.com, or tweet me at, at justinwollen. So thanks very much for listening.